episode edition of Mile High Report radio podcast. That's episode 16. We're not talking about Jake Plummer. It's just the 16th episode, Jake Plummer style. <laughs> Some Somebody got really excited, though, thinking we were doing a Jake Plummer edition of... I'm so sorry if you did. Everyone um, did. Jake Plummer is awesome. Why wouldn't they get excited? Kyle... Were you aware that the Kansas City Chiefs do not play in Kansas? <laughs> Are you accusing me of writing that rap video on YouTube? Are you saying that, that was my work? I'll deny that. Just wondering. I'm just wondering if you knew. So we are uh, – Broncos are triumphant coming off of last weekend. Um, kind of a tougher game than we thought against the San Diego Chargers. I don't know if it's a tougher game than we thought, but – at least halfway through the game, we're like, oh, we're going to roll on these guys. How many touchdowns is Peyton going to throw? What kind of season is this where our away game in San Diego is like, oh, we'll win this game easy? I mean, when you stop and think about it, this was a tough game. This is at San Diego. They were division champs like five straight years. They had that same quarterback who you know led them to all those division championships then. And they had Mike McCoy who knew our team. Uh, it was a game we probably should have taken a little more seriously. And and weren't they like they were like the Peyton Manning killers for a while in the playoffs? Like they they beat didn't weren't they the ones beating Peyton Manning in the playoffs? Like oh yeah, they had yeah. Peyton Manning's number forever. And w- at halftime of the Chargers game last year, everybody was like, man, they still got Peyton Manning's number. Uh, mm-hmm. So much respect to the Chargers, as painful as that is to say, because I hate the Chargers. Um, you know they they played well and they held the Broncos to under thirty points, the first team all season to do that. <laughs> Yeah. What the some some highlights of the game uh, from the Broncos side is Von Miller and his rush defense. Von Miller was crazy good. Yeah, he had a, he had another insane grade from Pro Football Focus. We're going to talk about Pro Football Focus a lot today. They have some grades out from that game and some interesting grades on the Kansas City Chiefs. But Von Miller again, he's been the best defender on the Broncos three straight weeks. He's been back three three weeks, so uh, he's been the. Broncos' best defender against the run and the pass since his return. Yeah, Broncos were number one in rush uh, defense for a long time, mainly because we were blowing teams out. But still, now even in these close games, Broncos remain in the top five for running defense. Uh, and, and Von Miller's kind of one of the, the main reasons. Half the comments about, on that post weren't even about the play. It was about, Kyle, don't you know how to use paint? That sucks. I was like, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a player that I kept hearing praise for by the, I guess, the on-air staff during the game was uh, Monte Teo, Monte Teo, who I, I don't know if they were paying attention in the beginning of the game or not, but Julius Thomas was the was getting covered by Teo, and Julius Thomas had like a 72-yard touchdown to start the game off with. So I don't know how good... I I wasn't impressed by Teo, and I didn't hear anything to suggest that he was doing well. Um, I think it was Derek Cox who had the coverage on Julius Thomas, and he got benched. He came back in later. But, uh, yeah, Julius Thomas. The Thomases took names. They only had one to share, so they took everybody else's. (laughs) (laughs) Where the Broncos were terrible. We're going to bring Pro Football Focus back, or ProFootballFocus.com back into uh, the conversation here. The offensive line was terrible. I'm going to read off some of this. Some of the PFF grades. I'm going to cover my ears now. (laughs) Kyle's a big fan of the offensive line. Not this offensive line necessarily, but a offensive line. Uh, Chris Clark, negative (laughs) 0.9 overall. This is a combination of of running and passing plays. Uh, He was negative 1.4. On passing plays, that's two pressures and a sack. That gets you a negative 1.4, Chris <laughs> Clark. <laughs> Orlando Franklin was negative 1.4 overall. <laughs> Zane Beatles, uh, negative 1.1. <laughs> and Manny Ramirez, negative 1.9. Oh, my God. <laughs> negative 1.9. That, that was a surprise, surprise grade for Manny Ramirez, who was Pro Football Focus's second best center. Uh, in the NFL, second team All-Pro, the mid-season All-Pro. So through the first eight weeks, uh, he was one of the NFL's best. He had a bad game against the Chargers. Um, of those, of those four, I mean, Luis Vasquez, obviously, um, not worth talking about because he had a good game. But uh, Zane Beatles, <laughs> we, we only talk bad here. <laughs> 
Zane Beatles was the worst at pass protection. He allowed two hits on Peyton Manning and two hurries, which garnered him a negative two in pass protection. Uh, and that's the, the really, really interesting fact, Kyle, is that the, there, there was only Chargers only brought pressure on 11 of Peyton Manning's 38 dropbacks. So all those atrocious statistics came on 11 dropbacks. You know what's interesting about Zane Beatles? He made the Pro Bowl last year. He had a good grade on Pro Football Focus a year ago. He had a, a 10 point something grade. He was one of the top seven or eight Broncos on the team. He is the lowest graded Bronco in 2013. He has a negative 3.7 on offense. So on offense, Zane Beatles is worse than everyone else on offense. Negative 3.7. And he's a starter. I mean, he's played as many snaps as anyone. And he's got, I mean, ultimately, eventually, you kind of have options to replace him. You get a healthy J.D. Walton in there. Manny Ramirez can slide over. Uh, Chris Cooper gets healthier. He, he slides in there. They got rid of John Moffitt. Uh, but there are, um, who am I forgetting? Free agent from the from the Steve uh, Vallos. Vallos. Yeah, there's there's options to replace Zane Beatles. And I don't know that you're talking about replacing Zane Beatles, but... No, I'm talking about him bucking up. Be a Bronco and buck up. What, <laughs> what is this? You were, you were a... A ten plus grade a year ago, and now for no apparent reason you're in the negatives. Is this because your teammates have changed? Because you're not used to having Manny Ramirez stepping the center to you. You're used to Ryan Clady and Dan Copen, possibly. I mean that that definitely that left guard position definitely relies a lot on the left tackle and center. Uh, but they are outperforming you. Backup Chris Clark and Manny Ramirez are fifth and sixth on the Broncos as far as grades go on offense. And Zane Beatles is like 24th because this grades everybody. This grades anybody who's taken eight snaps, let alone 674, which is what Zane Beatles is. So, yeah, Chris Clark is worth mentioning. He, I mean, the last couple of weeks, he's had his two worst games in the last three weeks. So it, if you're using your your nearsightedness uh, on Chris Clark, yeah, you're going to think that he's probably a terrible left tackle. But he's actually held up pretty well. We lost Ryan Clady pretty early in the season. And Chris Clark's held up uh, above decently. Is it? Is it no, absolutely. Term? He's been above average. He's been above yeah. the NFL average, which is surprising. I think you credit Peyton Manning a lot for that. But uh, he's not Ryan Clady. Ryan Clady is one of the NFL's best. And Chris Clark has a lot of work to do to get to that level. And he has room to grow. This is his first NFL starting experience. Hopefully he gets better. Do you think Danny Trevathan sees Danny Woodhead in his dreams? I don't know. <laughs> Danny Trevathan got uh, exposed a little bit against the Chargers, and yeah, and Danny Woodhead's the type of player to do that. I don't. Danny Woodhead's like a Wes Welker's version of a running back. I don't know that. Are there any more running backs like Danny Woodhead on the schedule other than Danny Woodhead, who's coming up in a couple more weeks? You're just saying that because he's white and a former Patriot. Nah, yeah, I'm saying that because he's a badass and he can catch and run. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you're gonna say he's like he's like Matt Castle, and I'll say the same thing. He's just Matt. white in a former Patriot. He's exactly like Matt Castle. Castle. He can he can't throw. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jay Cutler. Uh, one more quick fact from the game: 247 yards of Peyton's 330 passing yards. The ball traveled less than 10 yards in the air. So for 247 of those yards, the ball was thrown for less than 10 yards. Yeah, that's yards after the catch. That's what the Broncos do. That's why we have these talented wide receivers. I mean, yeah, you, you get a bunch of that because Julius Thomas took a four-yard pass, 70 extra yards. So there's a whole bunch of them. And then there's Demarius Thomas on that bubble screen. There he got 35 yards right there. We count for over 100 of those yards in two plays. Um, it's not Peyton's fault his offense is so good. <laughs> it's also one of the reasons why you're not seeing maybe – like. Uh, no Sean Moreno, the Broncos' number one running back, has a 57.6 yard per game average. Why would you run when you could throw it for four yards at a time or five yards at a time? That's why you get Wes Welker. You know, you replace your running game essentially with these short passes, and why not? That's also why you're getting 11 pressures on 38 dropbacks because they, or 30, yeah, 11 pressures on 38 dropbacks because the team knows you're going to throw the ball for three yards. If you have to, you got to have people there to, to defend it. And Manning is hurt. He has bad ankles, and that's a big factor. I don't think we're going to see him stretch the field too much until he gets a little healthier. 
Not against the Chiefs, certainly. That secondary and pass rush is too mean. As he said, he probably won't be running a lot of naked bootlegs. Um, well, you mentioned you mentioned Manny's ankles, and on Wednesday, uh, Brock Osweiler was the number one quarterback for for at least a, a practice. Uh, he Peyton was not in practice on Wednesday. He participated in team meetings. He will be back for Thursday. Uh, two players that did return were Champ Bailey and Duke Giannacho. Both players uh, participated in practice. We're going to get a little bit more into uh, Champ Bailey and a little bit more into Duke Kianacho later on. Uh, one player that was out again was Nate Irving. Um, and that kind of, I don't know, that hurts anything other than special teams, but it does hurt special teams. And and I'm not, I don't know, I don't have any evidence to back it up, but Paris Lennon is not necessarily the guy you want coming in at backup uh, consistently anyway. We're talking about the backup linebackers on the Mile High Report Radio podcast because we are freaking hardcore, man. <laughs> uh, one thing, Kyle, you had brought up last week at, towards the end of the, the podcast, towards the end of the show, was what if Jack Del Rio is a better coach than John Fox? How do you feel after one game? What, what are you, where do you, where is your, are you, which way are you leaning? Oh, I was just talking hypotheticals. I just said, what if we win down the stretch? And and I was really interested more in what if the Broncos win the Super Bowl. To me, that's a – if John Fox never comes back uh, this season, and let's put something out on the table. He talked to Denver Media on Tuesday and he said, hey, I'm coming back. I can't wait to get back out there. His intent is to coach the Broncos again in 2013. And I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I didn't I, – I couldn't say Jack Del Rio did any better – or worse than John Fox would have done this past week. Um, although the second half adjust, adjustments might not have been there as much. Maybe maybe, it, you, maybe it's a, a factor of Jack Del Rio wearing two hats, both the head coach and the defensive coordinator hat, that something was missed. But the Broncos have been a second-half team under John Fox's tenure, and they scored one touchdown this last Sunday. Is that a point of concern? We'll see. We'll see if that's a trend or an anomaly. Yeah, I think where where I saw the major difference, and this is something that I can't imagine John Fox would have done, was in that final two minutes, just with just under two minutes left, um, San Diego Chargers had the ball within scoring territory. They're within field goal range. Uh, one, I think, I don't have the exact times. I think it was like 147. Uh, Jack Del Rio calls a timeout. San Diego Chargers go again. At the end of that play, Jack Del Rio calls a timeout. Now they're at the 20, and ultimately the Broncos stop them. They go for a field goal. They miss. Peyton Manning now has a little bit over a minute 30 to drive the ball, ultimately leading to a touchdown. I don't think John Fox does that. I think John Fox lets San Diego run the clock all the way down. San Diego kicks a field goal. Field goal successful. And that game was decided ultimately by a touchdown. I I don't know if John Fox does that. I would hope he would do the same thing. I don't don't think – Clock management and timeout management has been a huge issue with Fox. There have been a few things that come to mind, but not huge. It's more the challenges that bother me with John Fox's, you know, clock management and game management, I should say. Not so much the timeout management. Um, I, I would have done what Jack Del Rio did, and I was hoping he would. And I think uh, John Fox might have too, but I'm not sure. All right, guys. We're going to roll it out to a break and come back with a whole bunch uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. Broncos matchup coming up Sunday, so stick around. Chiefs, so nine and zero Kansas City Chiefs, and some eight and one Denver Broncos. As it stands, the Broncos are remain in the fifth seed of the AFC playoffs. Boo. <laughs> 
the only way they're going to get they can they can magically jump to the first seed of the, of the AFC playoffs with just a simple win Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs in Denver under 38 degree expected 38 degree temperature at the t- at kickoff and uh, at some point during the game it'll migrate a little bit further south to about 34 degrees and the potential for light snow. Now, Kyle, during the break, you were talking. You, you and I were discussing some odd cold weather statistic that uh, Peyton Manning has. What was his? What's his like sweet spot? You know, so when you get under forty degrees, these are all according to MHR staffer Bronco Mike. Follow him on Twitter. He tweeted this out at Bronco underscore Mike two five one. When it's forty degrees or colder, Peyton Manning is ten and ten. He's won ten games and lost ten games. But he's a lot better when it's a little bit warmer. If it's above 30 degrees, between 30 and 40, he's 8 and 5. Uh, it's when it's below 30 that he's 2 and 5. So uh, this bodes well. He's 8 and 5 in these kind of games. That's still a lot worse than his overall record. But uh, it's not the, the worst omen in the world. And then, and then this week on the East Coast, they're having this frozen uh, Arctic air from Canada. So the Broncos will be at Foxborough next weekend. So hopefully they have some, and also again on Sunday night, they might have another freak weather thing where it ends up being 70 degrees. Keep your fingers crossed, but it also might be negative 20. We don't know yet. (laughs) Just a 90 degree swing. Not a big deal. (laughs) So um, we're going to preview the Kansas City Chiefs. I guess Chiefs. Are they for real? I'd we know. are going to tell you if they're for real. Sorry. Spoiler alert. No. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite statistics has been or to call upon has been uh, in the last five weeks they've played one quarterback who started at quarterback to begin the season. Which is uh, Yeah, aren't there like three to five of the quarterbacks that they face that are currently on the bench? It's either three or five. I can't remember which. It's probably three. Um well uh Jake Locker got hurt on Sunday. So with Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe it's four. I don't know. Um, yeah. Terrell, and Terrell Pryor being the only real starting quarterback that you faced in the last five weeks, isn't really a great gauge on, on your defense. Um, there's some, there's some numbers that could go either way. So Kansas city defensive backs, Brandon flowers has been a little bit less than impressive. Um, not only this, like the last couple of weeks, but the last couple, like the entire season, he's likely going to match up on Demarius Thomas. I'm assuming it, they could do some weird things at defensive back. Who do, do you, do you have a potential first verse scenario, Kyle? Uh, they have two cornerbacks who are playing very well and Marcus Cooper and Sean Smith. And then they have flowers who's not playing very well. Um, so wouldn't, I, I don't know who's going to line up against who, I know uh, they like to play a lot of man, and they, they're kind of built to beat the Broncos in a lot of ways. They get the pass rush on, and they have good man coverage cornerbacks. But I I don't know who's going to line up on who at this point. They also have uh, uh, Donta, Robin, Donta Robinson, who the Broncos were trying to court during the uh, offseason, I believe. I might be wrong on that one, but they, you, could, you could kind of tell that Kansas City was stacking up to defend against the Broncos as they were making their free agency pickups. And, you know, it's the same scenarios every week. It doesn't matter how good your defensive backs are. The, the fact is the Broncos have Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker, Eric Decker, Julius Thomas, no Sean Marino. Like, you, you, pick one. <laughs> it, could be, it could be good, fast, or cheap. You got to pick one. <laughs> if it's the four, the four horsemen in the apocalypse you, you can choose one it's the end of the world no matter what you do yeah so i think i think everyone the entire nfl is is kind of basing their litmus test on kansas city i have not seen I'm, I'm sure there are but i haven't personally seen any power rankings uh this week that have anybody ranking above the broncos oh well we compared the chiefs and the broncos power rankings today or on wednesday Mile High Report, and uh, it came to a dead tie. Power yeah. rankings among seven different websites. Uh, we averaged them out, and the Chiefs and Broncos were exactly tied with an average rating of 1.83. Uh, 
So uh, that, that tells you that we, I guess we have to play the football game. We can't decide things via power rankings before the game. I guess we'll have to play. This is, I mean, what it really tells you and what's scary is that ultimately there's a bunch of riders in America who have no freaking clue what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where Well, that's very City- true. I already had an idea that that was probably pretty true. <laughs> the Broncos are the team with Peyton Manning, right? Last time I checked, yeah. So It's not 2010. Is it 2010? Nope. It's 2013. Yep. We have Peyton Manning. Okay. And he's going to play on Sunday? Uh, you know, barring the unforeseen ankle aggravation, <laughs> yeah, he is. I heard his I heard his arm isn't as good as it used to be. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, Chiefs fan advocate. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> John Reedy, John Reedy of uh, of uh, South Stance had a pretty good trolling going on all of last week where he yeah he did he was he was he was a Kansas City Chiefs fan and Ian, <laughs> it was Ian, you, you awesome were, you were exhausting me with like you only said like three short sentences but it's been such an exhausting week with Chiefs fans kind of invading Mile High Report that it was like oh man come on come on man I yeah. Um, doesn't it make really, you feel, feel sick to do that? Yeah. No, I think you got to put I, – I try and be quiet about it, but you got to put – you know, act like you've been there before. But the Chiefs haven't. So. <laughs> they can't act like it. <laughs> I, if this was the Broncos, I would be just as excited. 9-0 and from 2-14, and my goodness, we would be going – pardon my French. We would be going apeshit. I mean, just like Chiefs fans are. We really would be. And, you know, going from 4-12 to 12 to 8-8 eight and eight and winning the division and winning a playoff game, that was pretty special. We went pretty nuts, us Broncos fans. Tebow mania. We kind of took over the world and annoyed the crap out of everyone, mostly Tebow. But, you know, we were part of it. That's Chiefs fans this year. They've got the magic. They've got the hot hand right now. They're 9-0. and uh, we're we're putting up with it because we have to. But after Sunday, we won't have to put up with that anymore, will we? Nope. <laughs> well, well, then we got them again in a week. So well, they, <laughs> will, for... they will have been humbled. So my worst fear isn't that the Broncos lose this game. It isn't that the Broncos lose three weeks from now. My worst fear is that we beat them twice and then we have to play them in the playoffs. Oh, that would be frightening. Because you have to. There's a history of NFL failure at winning those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? Just a few years ago, the Patriots beat the Jets, and they destroyed the Jets late yeah. in the year, like 30-point win or something. And then the Jets went back after losing twice in the regular season, just a few weeks later, beat the Patriots in the playoffs. It yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. So we got uh, – I guess we're going to talk about scary matchups. The so Kansas City, uh, I guess, front seven against the Broncos' offensive line. We, we read a bunch of negative grades. And the Broncos were only playing San Diego Chargers. What the hell is going to happen against the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, let's let me say this: that game was definitely the anomaly as far as the Broncos' offensive line is concerned. Manny Ramirez usually plays better than that. Chris Clark usually plays better than that. Orlando Franklin definitely usually plays better than that. The only person who played well was Louis Vasquez. So usually, it's pretty good across the whole line. Uh, that was the exception, not the rule. And I think the Broncos are a little more aware of the Chiefs' pass rush than maybe they gave enough respect to the Chargers' pass rush. Because the Chargers had no pass rush. Maybe they took a week off, and they shouldn't have. But, you know, that's kind of my, my theory as to why the Broncos got burned in the pass rush a little bit last week. When Larry English is taking Peyton Manning down, Larry English has like two sacks a year. Uh, he, had, he, had, he had no business burning Orlando Franklin the way he did, and he burned Orlando Franklin. Uh, I think the Broncos just were caught up a little off guard, and they're definitely not off guard this time. They know who they're facing. They know that the Kansas City Chiefs have the fiercest pass rush in the NFL. So one of the, I guess, a, a pedestrian fan might point out that Jamal Charles has a potential for a big game. And Jamal Charles will draw Danny Trevathan. But one thing the Broncos have done well this year as a defense is shut down the run. And you mentioned an anomaly, and Danny Wood, I think, was an anomaly because LaShawn McCoy, Darren McFadden, um, Ray Rice, Broncos have, have shut them all down. I don't know that Jamal Charles will be any different, but you got Dexter McCluster and Jamal Charles. It, that, that equals a lot of running and chasing for Danny Trevathan. 
Well, luckily he's not the only guy on the field, and the other two linebackers have been very uh, played very well against the run. Vaughn Miller and Wesley Woodyard are both studs uh, against the pass and the run. The Broncos have a pretty good linebacking core, and Trevathan's not bad against the pass. So, uh, you know, he got exposed a little bit, but we'll see how he does moving forward. He hasn't been this bad all year, that's for sure. You said that word core. Are you sure there's no S at the end? Are you sure it's not corpse? Did you hear the words that just came out of your mouth? <laughs> so uh, Von Miller has a chip on his shoulder, and he's had a chip on his shoulder pretty much since he's been in the NFL. He he likes to destroy first-round, first-overall draft picks, whether it's Cam Newton in the Pro Bowl or Eric Fisher in this Kansas City Chiefs game. I don't something in Von Miller's blood, you know, turns to to broil and he just goes off like he he blacks out whether it's like a, a no uh, <laughs> i'll say this i i would agree with you but he didn't hit andrew luck nearly enough three weeks ago so there's a little dent in your theory he got cam <laughs> pretty good but he needed to get andrew luck a lot better if that was the case this will be fun though eric fisher rookie right tackle against Swan miller predominantly fisher has pretty much struggled all season i mean he hasn't been great he hasn't been terrible but he hasn't been that good and uh, I expect Von Miller to eat him for breakfast or dinner. Uh, or dinner or lunch. We could just it's a, him. It's a night game. He can have his breakfast for dinner, though. He's Von Miller. Who am I going to do? You, you can't have pancakes for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I'm not denying Von Miller his breakfast. So one, another another factoid, I guess, against about the Kansas City Chiefs defense is that they've been known to give up a big play. And when you're playing quarterbacks who – are usually third on the depth chart. That's kind of a scary statistic when you have Peyton Manning, uh, when you're visiting into Peyton Manning's house. You, you, you've you been picking on guys like Jason Campbell, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who? What's the name of the, the little Bill, Bill Tool. back that they just played? Tool. What's, I don't even know tools for Jeff Tool. Right. Yeah, so these, I mean, it's the cream of the crop as far as... Uh, <laughs> Tool? There were so many times where Tool had a man open deep downfield. There were a number of big plays left on the field by the Buffalo Bills. And Tool hit hit one of them. He hit one for a huge play. And everybody had hashtag Tool time out on Twitter. It was fun. Uh, I came up with it first. Everybody else copied me for sure. <laughs> and Case, Case Keenum, I think, is a legit quarterback. So I, won't, I didn't mention Case Keenum. But Case Keenum is another one of those guys where, I, you know, Oh, he's legit like three games into the season. Let's see how well he does moving forward. I think, yeah, with Gary Kubiak calling the plays, that's a that's a quarterback of the future for the Houston Texans. Without Gary, Gary Kubiak, eh, he's he's average. We'll see. Um, I mentioned Brandon Flowers playing beneath his potential the entire season. I mentioned that earlier in this segment. Um, you mentioned Marcus Cooper. Marcus Cooper was... He was two picks away from being Mr. Irrelevant. He was actually drafted by the San Francisco 49ers and cut, and they thought they could hide him away on their practice squad. Kansas City was like, Yahtzee, and now they have what, – what did you say he wasn't – he's the fifth fifth highest-rated quarterback? Cornerback? Yeah. Do you remember? Right, fifth best according to the pro football focus. He doesn't play a ton of snaps. I mean, he plays about half the snaps. So he's, he's probably their nickelback. That's what I would read, read that to mean. Uh, but it's a good one. Nickelback. Who's his Nickelback cover? Wes Walker. Good luck. <laughs> I was saying, I was actually talking to um, Christina from the, at Yes What I Say Go on on Twitter, or Yes at Yes What I Say Goes, um, and she was like, "Oh, well, Marcus Cooper's going to cover Wes Walker." I was like, "So you're going to have a rookie cornerback cover Wes Walker when Peyton Manning's your quarterback?" I was like, "Good night." Maybe, but Marcus Cooper's played very well. He's played better than any cornerback on the Broncos, according to Pro Football Focus. He's, he's yeah. above Chris Harris, but Chris Harris has played about twice as many snaps, so he's had more right. uh, opportunity for error. Right, and I, and I checked out who um, who Marcus Cooper has drawn. He covered, uh, when they played the Giants, he covered uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's another, you know, these guys aren't on Wes Welker's level, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not Wes Welker can can hand it over to the rookie or not. Do you do you remember Eric Berry and how he's just terrified of the Broncos mascot? 
He's terrified of the Broncos mascot. Look it up on YouTube. Eric Berry is terrified of horses. So whenever the Broncos score and the horse runs on the field, <laughs> Eric Berry runs to the others like he gets behind people. He's terrified. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's, 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 we need to get that up on as a video <laughs> post like now. That's hilarious. Eric Berry is terrified of the, the actual horse's name is Thunder, right? Miles yeah. is the mascot and Thunder is the horse. Correct. Eric Berry's terrified of Thunder. And it's, it's it's really funny. He was mic'd up last season when the Broncos played the Chiefs at home, and he's he's literally petrified of of our horse. So I might use that to our advantage. Like, why not run him right by Eric Berry? Just 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 have the horse hang out right next to Eric Berry. Yeah, put when the Eric, ref put the refs on a horse. The refs get to be on a horse this time. <laughs> they'll they'll need to the amount of scoring that the Broncos are going to do. <laughs> they won't be able to keep up with the football. <laughs> So we mentioned uh, Champ Bailey being back at practice, full participant. Would you play him against the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, he was a full participant in practice today. I thought he was limited. Uh, maybe he's limited. He was in pads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he was limited in practice Wednesday. Uh, you he he's been week to week, and so now that he's practicing, he's day to day. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play this week. Uh, I'd like to see him practice a couple of weeks. He had a setback immediately. I mean, we got him back. The Broncos got him back. They played him on the field, and he got hurt immediately. So they need to make sure he's really healthy. He's, he's not a young pup anymore. I still right. think I still think he has football left to be played. A lot of people have written him off already, and it's probably premature. Uh, yeah. I think Champ uh, played pretty well last year outside of the playoff game, and I think he has some football left to play. I kind of want, yeah, I want to talk about that. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show before, but Champ Bailey is is one of the top ten fastest players at the NFL Combine in history, and he remains still. Uh, even you know he did the Combine in like was it 1988 or 1989? I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, so people people want to mention about him losing a step. Yeah, he okay, he lost a step, so he's like a four four forty now, or <laughs> he's still okay. He's 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 not that old of a man. Um, and he has another level of game speed too. There are people who have fast forty times, and it doesn't translate onto the field. Jim Bailey's does. He is um, very fast and very fluid in his coverage. He, he's not a practice cornerback. He's not a sprinting cornerback. He's he's a game time cornerback. That's when he, that's when his talent shows. Speaking of game time, uh, Dwayne Bow, who had a he Dwayne Bow's famous for having been pulled over. Uh, being searched for marijuana and then asking the police officers if they thought that Sonic was still open. Yes, he is, as reported by our wonderful mainstream media, getting getting the important facts out there. <laughs> Do you think Sonic's still open? Um, that's like that reminded me of uh, when I read that. That reminded me of um, what was it, old school when he's like when they catch him streaking, when they catch Will. <laughs> Will streaking, and he's the only one streaking. And he's like, "Honey, do you think KFC is open?" And he's like, sitting, <laughs> he's sitting in the back seat with like his his like two wives, his wife's two friends. I don't know. Anyway, you're uh, my Sonic. boy, Blue. Sonic, the official sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, no, KFC's got to be. It's KC. It's KFC. That's true. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the meme of Andy Reid with the KFC thought bubble above his head? I've seen a he's lot like, of things with K- with Andy Reid and food. I, I don't know what. Uh, it's the one where they take the Kansas City logo and they put an F in it, basically. Um, Dwayne Bowe will be playing. I don't know that the the Chiefs' meticulous passing game is is a concern of Denver. Uh, I think we match up, we overmatch uh, them. Uh, but Alex Smith does not throw turnovers. He doesn't no. throw interceptions. They, he doesn't throw. They lead the NFL both in turnovers, in takeaways on defense, and lack of turnovers on offense, both, making their differential simply huge. When you lead in both categories, you're, you're winning most of your football games just by turnover differential. And that's really going to be the key. If the Chiefs beat the Broncos, if, if we're talking on the MHR radio podcast next week about how the Broncos lost, this is what we're going to be saying. They couldn't pass protect. And Peyton Manning got strip sacked for two fumble returns for a touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's going to be. Uh, they they thrive off of those turnovers, and they're very good at getting them. And they're very good at not turning it back over. Uh, the Broncos so defense think- has their work cut out for them to try and force Alex Smith into mistakes, but he's not a guy who makes mistakes. They need to get them off the field and get Peyton Manning opportunities to score points smartly, 
not going and not not trying to go for deep passes and allowing that pass rush to get to him. The Broncos need to be efficient and smart and conservative themselves against this takeaway happy Chiefs defense. So if if Kyle and I are your your announcers for the game, one of the keys to the game will be holding the Kansas City defense to less than 14 points. <laughs> it absolutely will be. If the Broncos hold the Kansas City Chiefs defense to less than 14 points, there's a good chance they'll win this game because the offense isn't scoring 20. That's true. One of the okay, Dukey and Nacho is also back. And who do you start at safety? Do you do you leave in Pops Adams or that's Mike Adams, or do you put in put Dukey and Nacho back in his in his spot? Oh, Nacho is the starter if he's healthy. He was limited in practice as well, so we'll see how it is. Ankles are tricky, especially you know back there backpedaling as a safety and then moving forward as a linebacker. That ankle needs to be strong. Um, so he'll play that by ear. And the Broncos will play that by ear. Mike Adams is a decent backup. It wouldn't surprise me if they sit him again, but we'll see how he feels. If healthy, you, if healthy, it's Ianacho, to answer your question. If healthy, Ianacho. I kind of want nachos now. Uh, <laughs> one guy, we mentioned how Manny Ramirez has had, had an off game. Uh, Jay Walton's on the active roster. Broncos starting center for previous, well, more or less starting center for the previous three seasons until he gets injured. I, I, I don't know that there's going to be any controversy there. If if Manny Ramirez does have another bad game, then J.D. Walton's breathing down his neck for, for week 12. I don't know if Walton's ready yet. He was a full participant in practice last week. He was a full participant in practice Wednesday. That tells you that, you know, if healthy is a good player, he should be dressed. But he was inactive last week. So he's not part of the game plan right now, and the Broncos are happy with Manny Ramirez. I don't think they're going to bench him after one game. But, uh, you know, after three or four in a row, maybe. Do you want to make a prediction on on the game? You know, I've, I've given my prediction a couple of times. I've been on a couple of radio stations in Colorado and Missouri this week, and uh, I've given the same prediction every time. I keep thinking I'm going to change it, and then it comes time to predict it, and I, I don't change it. It's 31-21 Broncos. 31-21 Broncos. Broncos win by 10. I guess the, the important thing there is that Matt Prater is allowed to kick a field goal. <laughs> Man, he's gonna come out the field once. He's not gonna. He's not gonna pull rank on Jack Del Rio. Be like, no, we're going for it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I. Uh, I successfully predicted the amount of scoring that would be done in the San Diego Chargers game, but it was literally as the game was starting. I was like, there's gonna be this many touchdowns, and and uh, they were. I don't know that I can predict. I, I, obviously, I think the Broncos will win, and I think the only way the Broncos will win is by scoring more points than the uh, other team. <laughs> that was my Phil Simsism. <laughs> <laughs> Your John Maddenism. Uh, both. You know, I'm changing my prediction, actually. I've always uh, hated the fact that it's 21, because that implies three touchdowns. They're not scoring three touchdowns. They're going to kick a bunch of field goals. So I'm going to change it to 31 to 20. Two touchdowns, two field goals. 31 to 20. Broncos win. How many of those touchdowns come on? Defense. One defensive, defensive touchdown. They get one defensive touchdown. Defense. How many of our touchdowns come on special teams? I'm not counting for that. It's all Peyton Manning, brother. All Peyton Manning. Okay. I'm going to predict that the Broncos score on their first drive, and then they don't score again until after halftime. Mm. I, feel, I feel safe in that prediction. Why do you feel safe in that prediction? I don't know. I, I feel, like you mentioned the uh, defense, the second half adjustments not being as strong as they were in the previous weeks. And I think that this week the Broncos will focus. will be able to get those second second half uh, adjustments underway. And I don't know. I don't. I just don't know that they're going to be able to. This is a strong defense. Like the, the the way the Broncos have records right now as the best offensive in history. The Kansas City Chiefs also have the same potential as the best defense in history. Again, granted, it's been done the last four of the last five weeks or four of the last six weeks against third-string quarterbacks. That's not <laughs> – They asked Jack Del Rio about that, and I loved his response. They said, Jack, what do you think about the Chiefs chasing the Baltimore Ravens 
you know, best 2000 Baltimore Ravens, best defense record. And Jack Dario was a coach on that team. And, and Jack just, he's a competitor too. He's a coach, he's a former player. He just said, listen, they've done it through nine weeks. If they do it through 16 weeks, we'll talk. He basically said that. He's like, until then, I'm not that impressed. That, that was the, that's how I read his quote. I'm very paraphrasing there. That's not even close to word for word what Jack <laughs> said. But that, that's the impression I got was just like, so what? You're the record-breaking defense through nine weeks? Let's see yeah. Let's see what happens over the next seven weeks there, Kansas City. He was defending his own Baltimore Ravens record as much as his Broncos team. Jack Del Rio is such a badass. I cannot wait until he's the head coach next year. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a USC fan now? That, that was sounding like a USC comment. <laughs> Um, okay, we, we got to take it off. What's of your final Broncos. score prediction? What's your final score I'm, prediction for the Chiefs Broncos? I'm scared. Uh, Broncos 56. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I almost cursed there. I'm sorry. That's a um, franchise record. Broncos against 56. the best defense Peyton Manning has ever faced, possibly. Well, Peyton Manning is also the best quarterback this team has faced. Uh, and this is the this is the NFL's. I don't, yeah, you're right. Um, I'll say 52. I'll, I'll stick with 50. I'll stick with 56. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are coming near it. I think that uh, we're going to we're going to find something in the Kansas City Chiefs offense that no team has been able to discover, and the you know just just a pedestrian. Uh, the average, you know, five touchdowns that the Broncos are scoring, or almost five touchdowns that the Broncos are scoring per game, coupled with, you know, a special teams touchdown and, and maybe a turnover touchdown, gets us up into it's the, to the point where we're like just demolishing the Kansas City Chiefs, which is scary because we play the Kansas City Chiefs again two Ian, weeks later. You drink some good Kool Aid, my friend. I you love my Kool Aid. Good blue and orange Kool Aid, because <laughs> man, I, I can't even sip what you're drinking right now. You're crazy. <laughs> I do think that uh, Peyton Manning has probably you know two turnovers, three turnovers. But how do you score fifty six points? You do it on uh, you. I mean, the second half, second half. Like, <laughs> Dude, all of the second half. Well, that's right. They're not going to score again until the second half, and they score, what is that, 49 more points, seven more touchdowns in two quarters? You know who had a scary defense coming into this game was the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and we scored a lot of points on them. Oh, that was – they They do not have a scary defense anymore, and they lost a lot of their big scary defenders. We, we – uh, Wrote the blueprint on how to beat the Baltimore Ravens. We wrote the blueprint on how to beat a lot of teams. Jan, what do you got, man? What is your final score prediction, Chiefs Broncos? You know, I sipped on that delicious blue and orange <laughs> Kool Aid as well. I'm thinking it's going to be like a blowout on national television. I'm, I'm saying, oh, I'm saying 45, 45, 15. Oh man. Yeah, you don't give, you don't give the uh, Denver Broncos any, any uh, shine on on prime time, especially not Peyton Manning. The week after you've told him he's lost a step and he's hurt, um, he didn't practice today because he was he was too angry. Yeah, are you gonna be you're gonna be ready for a Sunday night cold quit? You know, we're gonna see the cheese punter a lot. <laughs> just just their cold quit, not our. Cold quit. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, I mean, this that's is why everyone's excited about this game. It's Colt uh, Whip Bowl Five. I know. I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping they pan to um, Kansas City Chiefs Colt Quit's girlfriend. Is it or is it his wife? No, that's our Colt Quit. That's our Colt Quit. Our Colt Quit. Man, she's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and so is I mean, Colt Quit. Our Colt Quit is is who you kind of want in a in a girlfriend. You know, he's he's useless, but he's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but okay. Yeah, um, let's talk about something that doesn't have anything to do with football. Let's talk about the PlayStation Four. Go Broncos! Okay. <laughs> that, now we're now we're nerding out a little bit. We used to go Breaking Bad nerding out, but now we're gonna we're talk a little video games. Is that right, Ian Henson? Video video consoles consoles. Uh, PlayStation Four versus Xbox One. Yeah, say it again, Kyle. I miss you. Video game comes. There you go. So, uh, Jan has been an Xbox. You've been an Xbox guy.
guy from the beginning, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I always been an Xbox fanboy. I had my yeah. Xbox Live account for what close to nine years now. I mean, that's a Dang. that's a lot of clams to give up for a premium service, but but I've I, had mine that long too. I'd say probably well, yeah. well, since the Halo Two days, and hey, Halo Two having its tenth year anniversary. Yeah. Hey, we're friends on Xbox Live, but I hardly see you on. Yeah, I don't play anymore that much. <laughs> I, I run a freaking blog. True, true story, Kyle learned to play the guitar on Guitar Hero. What? Kyle? At all. So, so, so is that how he starts out his coffee shop songs? He's like, this is from Guitar Hero. <laughs> I, just, I just play Guitar Hero on stage. That's how I get gigs. They just watch me with the lights and they're like, ooh, the lights. He's like, we have CDs and t shirts at the corner there. <laughs> so you're, you're, Kyle's an Xbox guy, Jan's an Xbox guy. I've had a PlayStation 3 since 2000. I don't know. I have too. I've had both. I've always been both. I've never been a fanboy. I was a Nintendo fanboy. But the Wii U is just not even worth discussing, so. Let's talk PlayStation. Let's talk Xbox, Sony, Microsoft. I will not be getting an Xbox, uh, predominantly because I do not want the NSA spying on me through my video games. I do not look my fashionable self while I'm playing um, Last of Us or Madden or NCAA 2014. I, Is I buying a PS4 going to prevent that because it was made in Japan? I think that they're not going to be able to stare at me through the camera. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they don't. They don't serve ads to me based on what I'm wearing or who I'm with. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I really have no reason to like the PlayStation more than the Xbox. I know very little about either one of them. I, I I'm going to buy a PlayStation Four though. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing so much to the conversation. I know nothing about them, but I'm picking PlayStation. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. What's I've more done important? I've done research. I've, I've been researching this a lot because I like both my PlayStation 3 and my Xbox 360. And I thought, hmm, I should probably just get one and get the other like next year. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of weird because I have a PS3 and an Xbox, but my PS3 I, I probably turned it on like 20 times in the last five years. I hardly use that thing. I but, like my PS3. There's some good. I, I feel like they're better exclusive games on the PS3. Like Naughty Dog makes some killer games. They're just amazing. Last Last of Us, yeah. I just I just finished Last of Us last weekend. I'm a little slow. I also have Grand Theft Auto Five and Madden in the packaging still. I haven't. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Ian's getting a PS4. Jan, you're an Xbox fan. What are you getting? I, you know, I'm like I said, I'm a big Xbox fan. But for some, you know what? There's a reason why I'm not getting uh, an Xbox One is because of. 500 reasons. I It's it's 100 more, that's it. It is $100 and it, and it more. It comes with a Connect. But, but who uses the Connect? Who uses the Connect? I mean, I'll say this, if if a Connect comes packaged in with it, that gives developers reasons to get creative with their video games like the Wii. I mean, the Wii revolutionized video games. So the fact that everyone who has an Xbox One is going to have a Connect means that we could have some pretty cool stuff coming down the line. I, I'm a where, traditional where, player. I like holding a controller. I like vegging out on the couch, and I like to be dumb for an hour or two. I don't want to be w- moving my arm or too much doing, exercise or doing yoga. I'm not going to be doing any of that. I, and I usually play first person shooters anyway, so I'm not. It's not like I'm going to pantomime a gun and start aiming at my screen or anything like that. So, so the, the connect, the connect just doesn't interest me, and I don't want to pay an extra hundred dollar tax just to have that system it, by force too. You don't even get an option to buy it without it. So, I'm also getting a PS4. I was playing a little Devil's Advocate. I don't have it pre-ordered. I'm desperate. Anyone in Flagstaff, Arizona, who knows where I can get a freaking PS4, let me know because I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm excited. I'm excited for it's been forever since we got next gen. I mean, we've been in old gen or then gen, whatever you want to call it, for a long time. But now it's here. The future of video games is back. It's exciting. Which, which one of them is going to get Sonic the Hedgehog? Because that's the one I'm getting. Oh, they sold out. They go to everyone. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, guys. That's uh, that's it. I will be getting an Xbox One when the Halo comes out. That's what I'm waiting for. When Halo comes out, I'm getting it. 
It's, it's unavoidable. I love Halo. Yeah, Halo is the game to get right there. Yeah, it'll only cost me 600 bucks to get the new Halo. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played Halo before, is it? Is SP, it? Nation, even... SP Nation, I need a raise before Halo comes out. <laughs> what, 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 what game? S, SP Nation has been... Oh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty Ghosts. Go get Call of Duty Ghosts just to support our... Uh, our, our banner sponsors. That's that's a fun game. I like the zombie mode. Has anyone played Call of Duty? You know that Battlefield 4 is also our sponsor? And that when you view our Call of Duty sponsored post, sometimes there's a Battlefield 4 background, which means we're, we're like sponsoring both games and they're directly competing with each other. I don't know how our sponsors like didn't see that coming. Good job. Mind, mind blown. Mind blown. I mean, maybe that's from the same production company and then that person, that company just wanted to go. Uh, we we don't need to get into advertising. <laughs> click on the links. <laughs> just, just, just click those links. It's Broncos Chiefs Week. Go Broncos! Destroy Kansas City. Fifty-six thirteen. Good lord. Blowout city. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Call your mother. Twenty. It's going to be thirty-one to twenty. You're going to be amazed at that prediction. I don't, uh, I hope not. I hope I hope we just demolish them. My my baby used to have a face. <laughs> my baby had a face. My, that's not my baby. My baby has a face. End podcast. That's it. Boom. <laughs> Bye, guys.